What's going on, everybody? Hope everyone's doing well. Welcome to the Celtics Life Podcast. This is episode 7. I'm your host, Brandon. Um, Haven't been here for a few days. Took a few days off because the Celtics had their first game back from the All-Star break last night against the Pacers. We talked about that in our last show, so let's get into it. Hope everyone's having a good morning. But yeah, let's get into it. Celtics finally returned to action Versus the Indiana Pacers last night, and whew, what a first game back. Going down to overtime, high-scoring game, 142-138 to 138 against the Indiana Pacers. So, seems that the Celtics were, you know, kind of like a typical Celtics game. It was up and down. Um, some quarters they had really good offensive sets, and then other quarters they just gave up too many points, in my opinion. <clears throat> like I said before, the Pacers are no scrubs. Like they are a good team to watch out for. They're not they're not bad by any means. They have some good young pieces and they really did show that tonight. Also, everyone had plenty of rest from the All-Star break. Everyone's fresh, the legs are good to go. So that's why you see so much of just high-intensity basketball that we all love to see. But the Celtics came back they won in overtime, one forty-two to one thirty-eight. It was a it was a crazy game from start to finish. It just seems like both teams were going back and forth with shots. Um, Jalen Brown did come back in this game. This was his first game back. He did play with the mask, and I think Jalen had a fantastic game. He played forty-three minutes last night. Um, so what a first game back for him. He had thirty and eleven with three assists. He was still doing Jalen-type moves. He was very efficient off the ball, I think. He had a nice play in overtime, or the fourth quarter, where he cut back door and Malcolm hit him with a pass to go up two. I think they went up 138 to 136 at that point. But it was finally good to see Jalen. It was actually, for the first time in a long time, the Celtics had a fully healthy starting lineup. That starting lineup consisting of Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Al Horford, and Rob Williams. We have not seen that lineup in a long time this season. Long time. So it was very refreshing to see all those guys together in the starting lineup. So guys like Derek can go back to the bench and provide from where they usually come from. Speaking of the bench, Derek White and Malcolm Brogdon both played phenomenally well phenomenally well Malcolm Brogdon especially Malcolm played 37 minutes last night and he had 24 points 7 assists and 5 rebounds and he's leading the league in 3 point percentage too he he I in my opinion he really saved us last night just coming through with bucket after bucket making timely plays that stuff kind of resonates with us you know next man up mentality so for him to come in when you know you have a guy like Tatum who's struggling shooting, that's why you bring in Malcolm for these kinds of situations. So thank you very much, Brad Stevens, for pulling off that move. This is why you get a guy like Malcolm in case your stars are struggling the way they were. But Malcolm came in, saved the day. I think he should be the sixth man of the year just because he's been playing such great basketball and he's on the best team in the NBA. That kind of stuff should 
gravitate voters to vote for him. I understand there are other candidates out there. But I believe Malcolm should be in the running, if not number one, for sixth man of the year from what he's done from now, from the beginning of the season until now. So credit to, to Malcolm Brogdon, credit to Derek White. Derek White contributed his own with 17 points. Sam Hauser played very well. Sam Hauser had three blocks last night, three blocks. That kind of stuff is unheard of from Sam. But he had three blocks, three of three from the field, two of two from three. He was, a, he was very efficient last night. He shot 100%. And the best part about this is that, you know, a guy that can have good off-the-ball movement and space the floor like Sam can, it really just opens the floor for everyone else to do what they can do. Opens up driving lanes, opens up pass, uh, excuse me, driving kicks. Stuff like that is huge in the NBA was like because you prioritize spacing over everything. So, Sam with three blocks. That was great to see. He's really turning into a uh, three and D wing. But that was on the Celtics' behalf. And one thing that did really make me mad is the fact that Miles Turner had such a big night. I don't understand why sometimes bigs that play against the Celtics usually have great nights. You would think that not that they wouldn't necessarily just because that we have guys like Al Horford and we have Robert Williams and Grant Williams as well who can handle physicality of bigs but Miles Turner just said fuck all that and he just he went off he went off for 40 and 10 shot made eight threes 12 of 15 from the field it just seemed like he couldn't miss and the Celtics just could not defend him last night I don't know what it was he must have been just having one of those nights but that kind of stuff just frustrates me I always hate when players go off against the Celtics especially when it's somebody that you can normally contain just decides to go off and shoot eight threes and hit them and just timely baskets I don't know I've never I've never seen Miles Turner go off like that, so it was a little bit of a shock to me. But, you know, you have guys like Robert Williams and Al Horford who are good defenders, good on-ball defenders, and Rob is especially good around the rim. So, but Miles Turner really balled out, and we were able to contain him at least for the, you know, last few minutes of the game to pull out the win. But, in the end, it doesn't matter. The Celtics did win. They had they scored 142 points overall. So the offense has is not was not an issue last night. Celtics shot 51% from the field, 46% from three, 85% from the free throw line. If you round up, they out rebounded the Pacers. Pacers had slightly more assists. Celtics had one more turnover, but they dominated the paint with 60 points in the paint. 15 turnovers, you know. If you can get 10 or less turnovers, I think that's a good number to strive for as an NBA team. But too many times, like Jason and Jalen, and Marcus too, Marcus had some bad plays where they just threw the ball away. And you you can't have that. You can't have unforced turnovers like that because that just kills. In the beginning of the game, it seemed like, I think we opened up with three straight turnovers and that just leads to eight straight points. You Against really good teams, that will kill you. That will kill you. You just have to correct that. And they're getting back into the swing of things, so they will fix it. 
But Jalen and Jason do tend to have a problem with turning the ball over at times. We just we all remember that when we were watching the finals last year, it just seemed like, you know, Jason and Jalen and Marcus at times were just very rattled and they turned the ball over too many times. But nonetheless, 15 turnovers is what it is. But the Celtics, I mean, the fire, like the firepower that this team has offensively is like it's ridiculous. When you have two stars that can light you up for 40 any night, you have a big who presents as a lob threat. You have a guy like Al Horford who can stretch the floor. Malcolm Brockton coming off the bench. Derek White, Sam Hauser, Grant Williams. Like this is crazy depth, crazy, and it's finally nice to see the Celtics fully healthy again barring Gallo's injury, but the Celtics are fully healthy. And they did not play their best game of the season last night, not by a long shot. So on a night that they were struggling, they still shot the ball very well. It kind of just scares you a little bit and see how much potential that this team has if they're clicking on all cylinders. So the offensive firepower, credit to Joe Missoula. Everybody calls him Missoula ball for a reason, and there's no shock to that. 142 points. They scored 34 points in the first quarter, second quarter, 32 in the third, 25 in the fourth, but I mean, they're just putting up insane numbers each quarter. And as you look, like the Celtics have plenty good ball movement. They share the ball. They have good sets. It's no shock. And they shoot the ball very well. So it's no shock to see these kinds of numbers from them. But that game, I mean, all in all, it was a great game. It was great to see the Seas back finally. It seemed like forever since they last played. So, and now they improved to 43 and 17, the best record in the NBA still. And now they have a tough, pivotal game coming up against Philly tomorrow night in Philadelphia, where they will go up against Joel Embiid and James Harden and Co. Celtics played the Sixers a few weeks ago, and they took care of business there. But this game is in Philadelphia, so it'll be a little bit different. Celtics are fully healthy. Sixers just came off a big win last night. They came back and beat the Memphis Grizzlies. Grizzlies are in a rut of their own. But Celtics have a tough task for them because they play the Sixers Saturday night. And then they go into New York to play the Knicks Monday night. So it's a tough stretch against good Eastern Conference teams. Celtics have another good test against them. I, I Like I said before, I love seeing the Celtics go up against good Eastern Conference teams, um, especially the Sixers who are, according to some, the, the favorites in the East because the Celtics can't contain Joel Embiid and that will affect them in a playoff series. But I, I disagree with that. I believe that the Celtics are capable of... <clears throat> defending stars. Obviously, Embiid's going to get his. Like, there's no good cover for Joel Embiid. He's going to get his. He's he's a seven-footer who can do so many things that a traditional center cannot do. He's a very good player. Um, having said all that, Celtics do line up and they match up good with every Eastern Conference team. So, for people that say the Sixers are the favorite in the East, I... Don't really see your point. I think the Celtics are the favorites. They should be the favorites. And the Celtics are on a mission this year. They had a bad taste in their mouth from their loss in the finals. And they're coming back for blood. So Celtics got to do what they got to do. And having a good test like this against the Sixers should really bode well for them.
But I'm excited. It's always a good time when they play the Sixers. And I, like I said, they play the Knicks on Monday night. Um, no other news really has shown up in the past few days. Um, one thing I did learn, though, is during the All-Star break, is Joe Mazzulla said he stopped chewing gum on the sidelines. And that was kind of interesting to me because I remember early in the season that he was a big gum chewer. And he said he doesn't chew gum anymore because it helps him stay focused and has good like have a good mentality during the game. And to me, I, I was fan- I fascinated. Excuse me. I was amazed by that because Joe, it's hard to kind of read Joe Mazzulla because this is his first season with us. Same thing with uh, E-May when we had him last year. It was kind of hard to read at times on what kind of coach he would be. But Joe is very level-headed. He doesn't get over the top. He stays very poised throughout games. And it's very impressive to see because some coaches are not always like that. But for Joe, that is, it's really cool just to learn little stuff about Joe, you know, because I don't know too much about him. So to learn something like that, that's cool. And it helps you relate to the coach a little bit, which in all in all is a good thing. Speaking of coaching, Jason did mention that he was in contact with uh, Ime Udoka over the All-Star break. Somebody asked him, like, have you been in touch with him? And he says he has from time to time, just reaching out. And I think that's okay. I Obviously, Ime is not going to be a part of the organization anymore because Joe's been named head coach. But you can still reach out to him, and Ime has been giving him good pointers. And Jason did say that Ime was his favorite coach to play for, which was very interesting. And I think Ime did have a really good effect on Jason last year. I think he really helped him with his development, kind of toughened his mentality a little bit. So I'm fine with hearing something like that. If that helps him play better, then keep doing it. It doesn't relate to the organization anymore because it has nothing to do with Jason. So Jason's free to do something like that. But just wanted to share that thought. That was interesting. And as for everything else, that is about it. Celtics Celtics basketball is back. Like I said, game is Saturday night. So that's going to do it for this episode. Hope everyone has a great day. It's Friday. Hope everyone has a fantastic weekend. And I will see you guys back, I believe, either Sunday or Monday or possibly Tuesday. But either way, I will have an episode out next week. So please look forward to it. If you guys want to follow this podcast, please follow my Twitter account at MySubIsBetter. That is at my sub is better and my Instagram at Celtics underscore underscore life or tap the notification bell on Spotify or wherever you listen to. So you can stay up to date with up and coming episodes as I continue to bring these these out to you. I hope everyone has a great rest of your weekend. Remember, this is Celtics Life Podcast. It's a lifestyle. Even if you're not a Celtics fan, I appreciate you guys listening. It means a lot to me. So enjoy your weekend and go watch some Celtics, okay? Go Seas.